Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATB Tour. I'm Jacob Sersosimo. You're listening on the Believe Network, and today we're talking about the stunner down under. That's what we're calling it. I'm going to give courtesy to Chris McKendry on ESPN for saying that last night during the Australian Open semifinal between Yannick Sinner and Novak Djokovic, but it is truly the stunner down under. Novak Djokovic plays horribly, but on top of that, Yannick Sinner plays beautifully to advance to his first ever Grand Slam final, and he will play Daniil Medvedev. We're going to cover it all, men's, women's. We're going to get to it in this episode before the men's and women's final over this next weekend. And this is going to be fun. I could not believe how good Yannick Sinner played, especially in the first two sets. Now, I've already said that Novak Djokovic didn't play very good, and I I mean that. It was shocking how bad Novak was playing. But on the flip side, I'm not sure it would have mattered. That's how well Yannick Sinner was playing on Friday night in Melbourne. Now, I'm not saying he would have went through and won the way he did if Novak didn't play very well. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying... There's a swagger in a way that Yannick Sinner has played throughout the Australian Open. He's only dropped one set, and that came to Novak Djokovic in the semifinal in the third set where he lost in a tiebreaker to Novak. He has played so well. His confidence seems like it's at an all-time high, a career high, and he looks so comfortable out there. There were a few times, especially in that third set, where he, he was serving with a match on his racket. He had a match point, and... I'm not saying he tensed up, but you might be able to tell that the moment was there for him, right? You might be able to be like, oh, he realizes this moment and he looks a little human right now. But let me tell you, in the fourth, didn't blink. And his serve was phenomenal the entire time. He didn't get broke once, I believe, on his serve the whole night. Yannick Sinner played a pristine, perfect match to advance to his first ever Grand Slam final. And let me tell you what, he deserves it. There was all this hype I was giving Yannick Sinner at the end of last year, and he said it during this tournament. I've had an incredible six months. I'm glad I can continue that momentum into the new year. If you look back at my podcast before the turn of the year, this is exactly what I was talking about. I was shocked at how well Yannick was playing, and I go, if he plays this way, I don't see him losing a Grand Slam this year. Like, I, I see him winning, not losing at all in a Grand Slam, but... I see him winning a Grand Slam this year. And at the Australian Open, he's done exactly that. He's more patient. He's more careful with his shots. He's not ending rallies early. His fitness seems to be there. And he's just been remarkable. He's been outstanding. He's been so fun to watch. Let's break down this match a little bit more with some stats. Novak Djokovic played horribly. Like, I I, I have never seen, I don't think I've ever seen a big three, let alone Novak, play as bad as he did in this match. He played like the pressure was getting to him. It was so weird to watch, to be honest, as someone who, you know, as people have watched Novak so well. Novak said in the post-match press conference, shocked with my level in a bad way. This is one of the worst Grand Slam matches I've ever played. And he's not wrong. It was, for lack of a better term, a terrible performance by Novak Djokovic. And that's not me slamming him. That's just what he saw and what really what I saw as well. And I think a lot of people, you go on Twitter, a lot of people were shocked by how bad Novak was playing. When you looked at unforced errors, Novak Djokovic had 54 unforced errors. There were just so many points where he just 
was in it, and then he just would shank it. Or he wouldn't even miss closely. He was going for it. Now, I know Novak was sick earlier in the tournament. He was dealing with some things. Was that his strategy to try to hit winners early on, make the points a little bit shorter because he didn't know if his fitness could go against center for five sets and then get into the final? Who knows? But nevertheless, he just was missing things. He looked like he was mistiming the ball at moments, and that's something we haven't seen from Novak, really. Um, I mean, he played bad in the, what was it, 2021 U.S. Open final where he had the chance to win the calendar slam. That might have been the 2022, actually. U.S. Open, where he had the chance to win the calendar slam, and he lost to Daniil Medvedev. But he just didn't play well at all. The unforced errors were alarming to me. Like, every time there was, like, a glimmer of hope in the first and second set, not a chance. Like, he he would just shank it or not hit a good ball, and it looked bad. Yannick Sinner looked really, really good, okay? I'm not I'm not discrediting his win. But there's no doubt Novak didn't look good at all. Now, I think Yannick Sinner could have won this match even with a really good Novak Djokovic. That's how well I think Sinner's playing at this point. But the way Novak played was a little alarming, a little weird, and there goes his chance at winning the Golden Slam, including with the Olympics here in 2024. So it looks like we're not going to really hear about that anymore, especially from Novak, but we'll probably hear about it from whoever wins this Grand Slam. Yannick Sinner, I can't say it enough. The stunner down under, he made Djokovic look like he didn't even belong on the same court as him the other night. It was shocking, and I didn't see it coming at all. But Yannick Sinner moves into his first Grand Slam title. Have I mentioned that yet? Yes, I have. His first Grand Slam final, he will play in on Sunday, and he looks more focused, more calm, more steady, and more confident as ever moving into that match. It's going to be dangerous. Who will he play in that match? He's going to play Daniil Medvedev, and Medvedev's been just on a wreck. Dude, he has played so well. He beat Sverev in a four-hour and 18-minute five-set match. Sverev wins the first two sets, okay? And in sets three and four, Medvedev wins in tiebreakers. Like, didn't break him. Like, he won in tiebreakers, right? 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. And then wins in the fifth set, 6-3. He looked gassed. He looked tired. Um, I didn't watch... Most of this match, I fell asleep for a little bit because it's literally the middle of the night here in America, so don't come at me for not watching it. I watched some highlights. I saw some analysis. Um, not a great loss for Sverev. It looked like he had this match um, you know, and had, and had Medvedev on the ropes. The thing that sticks out to me about Medvedev is it's been clear throughout this tournament because he has played some long matches, including one that ended at like 3.40 in the morning. That he's been tired. Like, he, he's been pretty open about being tired and exhausted and not feeling, you know, 100% after these matches and then getting himself back to 100%. And I think it's, un I don't want to say unbelievable, but I want to say it's very impressive the way he's been able to rebound and get himself back in these matches. I mean, when you look at the stats here, Sparov had more winners, 66 winners to 52 winners um, on Medvedev's side. But unforced errors, Sparov had 70 unforced errors. And Medvedev only had 41 there. Now, when you look at 70 compared to like 54 of Novak, the difference is there's a lot more points and there was a lot more play coming from the Sferov and the Medvedev match than there were from the Yannick Sinner and Djokovic match. So that is a little surprising. Um, when, you look, when you look at that stat, you go, obviously, like Medvedev played a better game. But for Sferov to be up two sets to none to a very tired Medvedev, and then this thing flips around and he wins it is shocking, a little surprising for sure. 
Um, and a huge win for Medvedev as he goes for his second Grand Slam title. Uh, he, he's had some heartbreaks in Grand Slam finals. I know that, you know, in 2019, I believe it was, when he lost to Rafa in the final at the U.S. Open. And then I believe he's lost to Rafa in the final again at the Aussie Open before. So he, he, he's hungry as ever. Like, he's, he's literally emptying his tank going into the final, which I think is interesting because Yannick Sinner's only lost like a set moving into the final, and Daniil Medvedev's just been on a tear winning five set matches, staying up till 4 or 5 a.m. winning these matches, and he's been all over the place. And it begs the question, would you rather go into the final battered and beaten but experienced and seasoned and weathered, or would you rather go into the final fresh, like really fresh? Sometimes there's a confidence that comes with being able to win those matches that Medvedev has won and being able to be, you know, up against the ropes so many times and come back and win those matches. And there's an arrogance and a confidence to that that is very, very beneficial. And then there's kind of a naiveness to someone who has, you know, cleaned through, won all the way through. Yeah, you know, Sinner just beat Novak Djokovic, but, you know, he hasn't had a problem with really anybody else. I think there's a lot of confidence there for Sverev. I really do. It's going to be interesting to watch this final and how it goes out. But if I had to put money on it, I'd probably put it on Yannick Sinner. Um, I'm, I, I'm not going to put money on it. I'm not telling you what what to do with your with your hard-earned money when it comes to betting. But Yannick Sinner's played outstanding. He looks fresh. He looks like this is his window. And it looks to be his time to win a Grand Slam title in Melbourne. Yannick Sinner's playing outstanding. He's fun to watch. He's a weapon right now, and it's hard to look past him. Yannick Sinner, Daniil Medvedev, going to be a great match. The Australian Open on Sunday. If you're in the United States, maybe just stay up. Go out, maybe. Get a couple drinks. Stay up all night. I, I think I'm going to stay up all night to watch this match. I cannot wait for it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's head over to the women's side. It was the semifinal that I thought should have been the final, and it was Arena Sabalenka versus... Coco Goff. Now, Coco Goff loses this one. Arena Sebalenka. I think Arena Sebalenka. I believe she was my pick to win this tournament. I think she was. Um, and that's not me bragging. I I often forget who I picked. Um, I know I picked Novak, but I think I picked Sabalenka. Uh, Sabalenka is just playing really, really good tennis. Um, she's playing powerful tennis, consistent tennis, and she looks really, really fit and really, really good. She beats Coco Goff in straight sets, 7-2 in the tiebreaker of the first set, and then 6-4. Goff has played well. She had a couple hiccups, especially in the quarterfinal where she didn't look necessarily great. She won that against Kostyuk in three sets. But Sabalenka has looked, I think, outstanding. And she works her way back into the championship of the Australian Open. And I think like, it's going to be so hard to... to pick against Sabalenka just because of the way she's been playing and the power she has. If she doesn't get in her own head, she's a dangerous, dangerous player. And I think the way she's been playing and how she can play and the confidence that comes from beating Coco Goff, like she was on the hard side of the bracket, came out of the hard side of the bracket, and she's the number two player. Like she should win this match. The problem is when you look at the top side of the bracket, they have nothing to lose up there because they weren't supposed to make it this far, right? There's a lot of people in the top side of the bracket that their first time in a quarterfinal. So there was a little less pressure, a little less eyes, to be fair, on the top side of the bracket because everyone had their eyes on Coco playing Sabalenka. And now moving into the final, Arena Sabalenka is going to play Zhang Xing Wang, who is the 12 seed in this tournament, making it to the final. And she's making some history as she's just the second 
Chinese woman to make it to a Grand Slam final, and she's doing it 10 years since Lee Na won the Australian Open. Almost 10 years to the day she's doing it and making it to the final of the Australian Open. That's going to be a great match on Saturday night in Australia, Friday night here in the United States. Arena Sabalenka trying to win her second straight Australian Open title. She won the Aussie Open last year, trying to you know repeat this year. Thoughts on this match? Uh, i kind of already given it, but if Sabalenka plays like she has been and, and she can, I don't really see her losing this match. She has the experience. I don't think the, the atmosphere is going to be too big for her. Just because she won here last year, I think she feels a little bit more comfortable, and she can play her pace, play her style, and she's coming off a great win over, over Coco Goff. I chatted a lot, and we're just talking about the finals. We're going to have another podcast coming out after the Aussie Open final in here in a couple days, but that's what to look forward to in the Australian Open finals. It is the women's final, the men's final, Sabalenka and Sinner, my predictions to win it. It's going to be fantastic. If you can stay up late in the United States, I highly recommend it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be great tennis. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few days, but that's what's happening down under. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.